0: Hello, Scale It Up Nation, Trace Blackmore here, and I'm so excited because we are celebrating Industrial Water Week. Yes, that's right, it's our favorite holiday. It is the holiday that was made just for us all of those that serve in the industrial water treatment industry. And folks, this is the sixth time that we have observed this holiday. And this year is going to be no different. We are going to be your place to celebrate Industrial Water Week each and every day. Of course, we're going to start out today, Monday, with pre-treatment. Tomorrow, Boilers Tuesday, Cooling on Wednesday, Wastewater on Thursday, and then we wrap up with Careers on Friday. Now, if you want to learn anything and everything about Industrial Water Week, you can go to industrialwaterweek.com, and everything you would ever want to know is right there at your fingertips. As you all know, we love to celebrate this holiday. And we love to bring awareness to an industry that is just so incredibly amazing. I cannot imagine what my life would be like had I not become part of the industrial water treatment industry. I definitely would not have this podcast, that's for sure. And maybe I would not have been able to meet You And I have met so many amazing people because of this microphone that I have and the podcasts that my fine staff and I put out each and every week. That would just be a travesty. So I hope you have an entire week of celebration in line for Industrial Water Week. Now, we ask you to do a couple of things in Industrial Water Week. One, make sure you're telling anybody and everybody who will listen that we are smack dab in the middle of Industrial Water Week. And if you're wondering, Industrial Water Week is always the first full week in October. So you know that. Now we have to know what to do. Well, you're already doing it. You're already in this industry. You're probably already talking about this industry. We're just going to amp that up. We're going to make sure that we theme each day so we can celebrate all the great things that we do in industrial water treatment. But we're going to try to get so many people excited about our industry and interested in our industry. Now, as you know, this is an industry that not everybody knows about, and it's an industry that if you don't know about it, you're probably not going to get into it, and I know that there are some great people out there for this industry that have no idea that this industry exists. So I'm hoping the theme of this entire industrial water week this year is that we are going to get the word out about this industry and we're going to get everybody excited about the potential that this industry exists and maybe this is something somebody wants to do. There's so many younger people that are out there that are in school, that have just graduated school, that are thinking if they want to go to school or not, and they have not even considered water treatment as a profession because we just don't have that broad a message out there. That's the goal this week. We are going to try to change that. Now, if you listen to episode 317, that was Ron Hetrick talking about the demographic drought, and I'm sure if you have not said it, you have heard somebody say it's just hard to find new people. Well, on episode 317, Ron tells us why that is. It is the most well-laid-out explanation that I have heard, and I highly recommend that you listen to that episode and share that episode with somebody that's doing hiring in your company. An earlier episode was episode 300, and it was so great. We had him come back for the following week for episode 301. And that was Chris Yee. And he was telling us about all the wonderful things about working in this industry. And that's Chris's job is he goes out and he tries to find people to work in this industry. And he talked about how water treatment allows everybody that works in it such a great work-life balance that all other jobs really don't have. So those are some great episodes to listen to to kind of prove why we're theming this the way that we are theming this year is that we need to make sure that people know about the water treatment industry so we have generations of water treaters to come. And my ask for all of you is wherever you are, is to talk about this industry, to make sure that people know that this is an option. Now, something else that's going on today and all through this week is the Association of Water Technologies Convention. And folks, I'm so excited about that because I am here right now and I am so looking forward to seeing all of you that are here at the Association of Water Technologies Conference because maybe I haven't met you yet and I want to fix that. Maybe we haven't seen each other since last year and I want to fix that too. And most of all, I want to hear what you think about this show. If you have any show ideas for me, if you have a guest that you want me to interview, well, folks, guess what? That's how we come up with our episodes. Over 300 deep in episodes, we need your help to make sure that we're staying relevant and we are talking about the things that you want to hear from the Scaling Up H2O podcast. Now, we're going to be doing some things here at the Association of Water Technologies Conference. We're going to do a meetup, so stay tuned for all of that. We're going to make sure that we rock out the Scaling Up Nation at the AWT Conference and Expo. Scaling Up Nation, as you know, each and every year, we bring back little pieces of yesteryear that have helped shape this podcast with great information around the topics of the day. So today we're going to look at pre-treatment and we are going to bring back episode 35. Yes, an early one. And this is Wes Byrne back in 2018 talking about reverse osmosis. You mentioned pre-treatment. What are some examples
1: of that? Certainly every, nearly every RO system has cartridge filters uh, located directly upstream of the RO unit as kind of a a last resort filter to make sure that debris and and larger particles don't get into the RO system that might permanently plug the lead-in membrane elements or possibly damage the high-pressure pump as part of that RO system. Beyond that, it's very common to have a multimedia filter, like a pressurized multimedia filter as a means of reducing the suspended solids in a water source. In um, cruder water source, for pulling directly out of a river or a, a lake, we might have a, a clarification system. We might have a cold lime softening system. The particular pretreatment, of course, will have a lot to do with the quality of the incoming water and how bad it is for that RO system if if we had to put it into the RO system.
0: Well, that was a blast from the past. Thank you again, Wes. Always good having you on the program. And folks, if you have not read Wes's book on reverse osmosis, it's one of my favorite books written on reverse osmosis. Well, as I said, this week's theme is all about spreading the word that the industrial water treatment is a great place to work even if you have never heard about it. So we're all gonna go out and we're gonna try to tell as many people as we can about this industry so we can make sure that we have people in this industry for as long as this industry needs us. And think about that. Think about all the things That we are able to do and see because we work in this industry. And think of all the things the industry is able to do because we are working there. Folks, we touch water, which means water touches almost every aspect of our lives. And without us doing what we do each and every day, we would have a very different world. And I think that's something to celebrate. Today we are celebrating pre-treatment. So Each and every year, we ask you to help us with social media to help make sure that we know the Scaling Up Nation is out there. We get to meet all of our brothers and sisters in the Scaling Up Nation. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to take a picture while you're out today of your favorite water softener, your favorite reverse osmosis, whatever your favorite piece of pretreatment equipment is, I want you to take a picture with that piece of equipment and hashtag it to hashtag IWW23. Once again, that's hashtag IWW23. Nation, as I said, at the top of the show, today is pre-treatment Monday. Tomorrow is Boiler Tuesday. Wednesday is cooling. Thursday is wastewater. And we're going to wrap everything up on Friday with Careers. Well, what we're going to do, like we celebrate each and every Industrial Water Week, is we're going to bring our friend James McDonald on for an installment of Detective H2O.
2: Welcome to Detective H2O, the case of normalization. Rain flooded off his black umbrella as Herbert Henry Oxidane, PI CWT, stepped outside the six story building where he rented office space. A few minutes before, the powerhouse chief operator, Howard Clyde Muriatic, had phoned. On the third ring, the water detective answered Detective H2O here, the best water treater this side of the Ohio solving water problems drop by drop. What you got? Detective H2O, we need your smarts over
3: here at Ardvark Stamping Incorporated. This is Howard. We've got this reverse osmosis system. My crew records a lot of data on it. We just have no idea when to clean it. My guys are good with the books, see? Lots of practice from their extracurricular activities, if you know what I mean. We just don't know what to do with this RO data. When should we be cleaning the R.O.? We've been guessing,
2: putting our fingers in the air, and just guessing. I've been meaning to come up to your neck of the woods for a while now, Howard. I'll start my old Ford and be over as fast as it can coast there. It's mostly downhill. Crack open the checkbook and save me some coffee. Dodging the raindrops, Detective H2O marched from the guard shack to the powerhouse at Aardvark Stamping Incorporated. Their three 100,000-pound-per-hour coal-fired water tube boilers lined the main aisle with the operator room on the far side. As he searched for Howard, the water detective took a moment to look through the logbook. Everything appeared to be in order with regular testing and no notable events with the water treatment equipment during the last few weeks. Detective H2O took a moment to chat with the on-floor operator he found sitting in front of the boilers with his feet propped up. Ox, it's been a while. How have you been? Oh, not bad, Barney. Not bad at all. Don't bother getting up. How about you and things around here? I'd complain, but nobody would listen. Things around here have been going fine. We finally rebuilt some of the valves on software number two a few months ago. But she'd been eating her tires kicked for an embarrassingly long time. Sounds good. Is Howard around? He called me about interpreting the RO data. Howard's around here somewhere. I'll call him on the radio and have him meet you at the RO. You'll find log sheets to the right of the units. Detective H2O made his way to the RO observing the flow rates, pressures, connectivities, percent recovery, temperature, run times, etc. as he listened to the unit run. It was filling up the permeate storage tank and at first glance things looked good. The data on the log sheets only went back a month and didn't show anything obvious. A more thorough look at the data would tell the real story though.
3: Detective H2O, thanks for coming. As you can see, the RO is humming right along. And as you can see from that log sheet you're holding, my crew is good at keeping the books. We completely guess when to clean it though. The permeate flow rate is relatively constant, but I know these things do file and need periodic cleaning. Is cleaning every three months really necessary though, or should we clean more or less frequently? I've got no idea.
2: I see your problem, Howard. Reverse osmosis systems are a great technology. They can save a ton of money in boiler fuel costs and water costs. I've worked with them for years, but they can be counterintuitive when interpreting their data. Changes in pressure, temperature, dissolved solids, percent recoveries, and so forth, can make just eyeballing the data impossible. They can work against each other to make what seems like a good trend into a hidden disaster. Do you have the rest of the data? We should go back several months to see what's been going on. I've got better than that, detective. I've been entering it into a spreadsheet.
3: Grab that log sheet hanging there, and we'll put that data in too.
2: When Howard fired up his computer and entered the most recent data, a clearer story still did not show. Look at this, detective. The permeate flow rate has been steady for the past year.
3: Very steady. I start getting nervous when it runs for too long between cleanings. We cleaned this unit last October and then late February. But you wouldn't know it by looking at the permeate flow. No changes at all. Are the membranes not fouling? Should
2: I stop cleaning? I wouldn't draw that conclusion yet. Let's see how variations in variables such as pressure and temperature affect the permeate flow. It's called normalization and allows you to do an apples-to-apples comparison of the system. Would the membranes you have today perform as well under the same conditions as when they were installed? Normalization uses mathematical tricks to take the membranes back in time to answer exactly that question. We've been comparing apples and oranges up to this point. Let's dump your data into this normalization spreadsheet I developed based upon ASTM standards and advice from membrane manufacturers. Let's see if this data sings like a canary. Whipping out his hand-cranked laptop from his briefcase, Detective H2O transferred the RO data into his normalization worksheet, copied down his equations, and updated the graphs. Then he whistled. Look what we have here, Howard. Wow,
3: that's a horse of a different color, Detective. Looks like you've taken the blinders off.
2: Yes. You see, as a membrane fouls, it takes more pressure to force the water through the membrane. Counterintuitively, as temperatures increase, water passes through the membrane more easily. These and other factors can make non-normalized data look just fine. But as you can see in this graph of normalized permeate flow, or NPF, it doesn't look fine at all. Look at these increases in October and late February. Those would be your cleanings. RO cleanings should be done based upon analysis of the data like we're doing here. Some rules of thumb of when to clean is when the normalized permeate flow decreases by 10 to 15 percent, normalized pressure drop increases by 15 percent, and or normalized salt passage increases 10 percent. Some membrane manufacturers may have slightly different recommendations, but these are a good place to start. Cleaning too frequently isn't necessarily good for the membranes, just like waiting too long can be bad for them as well. This is great, Detective H2O. How have we been doing then? It looks like you probably waited too long between cleanings when you did the October cleaning, but the membranes appear to have recovered well. Then, when you cleaned again in late February, you probably cleaned a little too early. It may have gone another month or so before the data would indicate the optimal time to clean. How about now? Is it time to clean now? Looking at this normalized data, I'd say things are actually holding steady. Barney said you fixed up software number two. Was that sometime around or after the last cleaning? You know, now that I think about it,
3: yes, it was the beginning of March. That unit was prematurely hard for longer than I'm willing to admit. But should we clean the RO now? It's been over three
2: months, going on four. Shouldn't we clean? I'd say no. Clean this RO based upon the normalized data. And the data says the RO is not fouled enough to clean. I'll leave you a copy of this normalization spreadsheet to keep logging your data into. You can email it to me periodically to take a glance over. We'll make the decision together. That makes me feel a lot better. The budget is tight around here at Ardvark
3: Stamping Incorporated. The longer I can go without buying new membranes, the better. On the flip side, I don't want to spend more on labor and chemicals for RO cleaning than I have to either.
2: This is a good plan, Detective H2O. I'm glad you're on my side. I'm always on the side of wise water decisions for both the customer and the industrial water equipment. Now, where's that coffee? In the underbelly and penthouses of the metropolis of Waterville, where the boilers percolate and cooling towers fog, there is one man who works tirelessly to end corrosion, stop scale, fight low-life microbes, and conserve water. That man is Detective H2O. Best water treater this side of the Ohio, solving water problems drop by drop.
0: I love those stories. Those are such a great way to have fun and learn about our industry. I hope you share those with some people that might not have heard them. James, thanks for putting all those together. And Nation, we've got a surprise for you this week. We have a brand new Detective H2O that we are going to release right here during Industrial Water Week. So you are going to want to stay tuned each and every day so you do not miss that. Nation, your job this week is to tell everybody you can about how awesome this job is. Get some social media posts out there saying that. When you're talking with customers, make sure they know how you feel about this industry. And maybe the people behind you in that restaurant, let them know what you do and how awesome this industry is. Whatever it is that you do, that is your job this week, is to shout through the rooftops that we are an industrial water treater. It's one of the best jobs out there and maybe it's something you might enjoy. Now for everybody in this industry, I would love if you would take a second and think about somebody that's really helped you in this industry and write them a thank you note. I know that's not something that people do anymore. I know thank you notes are something of the past, but I have to tell you, I still write thank you notes. And when I get a thank you note, nine times out of 10, I will keep them. And a lot of times when I'm having a bad day, I will look through my drawer of thank you notes and that lets me know that I will get through this and there's a bigger purpose out there and people appreciate the things that we're putting out there. So I'm asking you to help spread that. If somebody helped you, let them know that you are thankful for them. Write them a thank you card. And of course, the other thing to do is tune in tomorrow where we will be celebrating Boiler Tuesday. Have a great industrial water week, folks.